The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir ben Esther. Amen. Amen. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated as well Mazal. Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshir, Veoshir, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zocher in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in honor of Rabbi Ilan Mansour and the entire daf Yomi class. By Mr. Tuvi Assis and family. Daf Dalid. Today's daf is being studied. Le'ainun Shmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tenehenu Begin Aiden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Gimal Amud Bet, and we are one, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom, starting with Amara Papa. Let's just review. We were holding in the middle of the sugya <coughs> to this point. We learned in a Braita uh, above that if you have a betzah and there's a safik on the betzah, so we said you have to be mahmir. So we interpreted this safik to mean safik that it is a terefa. Because according to Rabbi Yitzhak and Rabbi Yosef, if you're going to tell the safik is, was it born on Yom Tov or not? Well, they hold that betzah shinodab Yom Tov is only assumed rabbanan. Either because Gezerah Mishum Perot Anoshrim or Gezerah Mishum Mashkim Shezavu. And if it's a Gezerah, if it's a Limit Rabbanan. So you have a Safek, Safek Rabbanan, Lekuda. So therefore, how can the Brighter say Safek Betza Asur? So he said, no, when it says Safek Betza Asur, it's a new case. It's not a Safek if a Safek of the Betza came from a Terefa. Oh, so that's a Doraita situation. So Safek is uh, Asur. Good. Then the Gemara went on to say, and if that egg fell into a ta'arovet, fell into a mixture, afidu be'elef la batil. Even in a thousand eggs, it's not going to be batil. So the Gemara said, hold it. Uh, what's the uh, what's the case? Why shouldn't it be batil be'elef? The chaurat should be batil. So the Gemara says, because uh, maybe you'll tell me the reason why it's not batil is because it's davar. Uh, means that eventually this egg is going to become permissible. Meaning, if you learn the case is a suffix of Yom Tov that was born on Yom Tov, good. So tomorrow, after Yom Tov is over, the egg is permissible again. So we have a rule. Anything that falls into a ta'arobit, that now is asud, but if you just wait, it'll be mutad, there's no bitul on that. What's the logic? What do you have to eat it uh, with bitul? Wait, you can eat it uh, beheter. What do you even got to rely on bitul for? The thing will become totally permissible. Mm-hmm. But if you're learning the case is a terefa, so a terefa is not a devashish lo matirim. Terefa never is going to become permissible. And therefore, seemingly, it should be batil barof. We have a rule. And you have a isur that falls into heter, shaveh, which means like these eggs, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. The rule is what? Batil barof. So why you tell me I feel be'elif lo batir? So the Gibra says, ah, it depends how you learn. If you learn that 
דבר שבמניין, דבר שבמניין is something that is counted. If you hold like Rishlakish, that holds kol shedarko, kol shedarko means items that are sold occasionally by quantity, by number, those items are considered davar hashuf. Egg is kol shedarko. Occasionally it's sold by number. Sometimes it's sold by the basket, but sometimes it's sold by number. So Rishlakish holds... Kol shedarko is considered a davar shebeminyan, and a davar shebeminyan is hashuv, and it's not batel. Therefore, we understand the brayta. Why the terefa is not going to be batel even in elif? But according to Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yohanan learns now the law of minyan is et shedarko. Et shedarko means something that is exclusively sold by number. But if it's not exclusively sold by number, it's not considered a davar shebeminyan. Egg is not exclusive. And therefore the Kaurat should be batil. Barov. Mm-hmm. Now again, Rabbi Yohanan and the Shlakish, the Shlakish said, Kod Shedarko, Rabbi Yohanan said, Ech Shedarko, they were discussing the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is a Tanah. So they had a Mahlokit, what the Tanah Rabbi Meir held. He held Kod Shedarko or Ech Shedarko. So according to the Shlakish, he's got a Tanah Rabbi Meir that says, Kod Shedarko, if I can say that that Braita above was Rabbi Meir, and that's why the egg is not pateh, because it's considered davar shebe minyan. Whereas according to Rabbi Hanan, hey, who's that brighter going like? Show me a tanah, you have to show me a tanah, because we're dealing with a brighter. Show me a tanah that holds kol uh, shedarko. Because it's not a bimi'ir. You hold the bimi'ir is et shedarko. So you have to find me another tanah somewhere, according to Rabbi Hanan, that's going to say kol shedarko, and we can, we can ascribe the brighter to that person. So the Gemara says, we found it. Amar Papa ha tana, the tana of the Braita is tana de litra kitsiot tava. Is the tana that talks about the case of litra kitsiot. Litra is a measurement. Kitsiot are uh, figs, dried figs that are cut from the tree with a certain type of instrument called the mixoa. So that's what they call them, kitsiot. Because of the instrument that's used to cut them. Now what do they do with these figs over here? These figs, they cut them from the tree, and they would place them in uh, molds. They would have like round molds, and they would press the figs in the molds, and they would you know, congeal together. And now you'd have like a, what's called a goulet de vera. You'd have like a cake, a cake of figs, and it was like a brick of cheese. And they would take the igulet uh, de vera, and they would go sell them, you know, by a certain uh, uh, quantity uh, in the market. That's how they sold it, okay? Now, we're discussing a case of it where a guy was involved in making these igulet de vera. And what happened? He had uh, one cake that was teruma. Teruma has to give it to the queen. Now, teruma on fruit is only with rabbanan. So just for your record, you should know this is only we're discussing of an isur with Rabbanan. Now let's see what the guy did. Tana de letraketziot. It's the Tana of the letraketziot. Who the Amar called davar shebeminyan that holds kol davar shebeminyan that has the opinion that says some has even occasionally sold by minyan afilu with Rabbanan lo batil. Even on a rabbinical item like teruma of fruit, it's not going to be batil because you can't be deoraita. And also by the egg. Which is a terefa, which is deoraita. So we found the shita. Now, where's the shita? We're going to read the Mishnah. Letnan. Letra ketziot. Now, you have these uh, figs. Shedar sa al pi agud. You press them into the round mold. 
The agul is the round mold. Ve'enu yodaya be'ez agul darza. You have ten molds in front of you. This is teruma. This one. You don't know which one is the which, which mold that I put it in. Now you can't eat teruma, so you got to figure out which one is the uh, which was the teruma. You can't eat it obviously because uh, a kohen only kohen can eat teruma. Alpi habit, or you did let's say over the uh, mouth of a barrel. Same concept. Ve'enu yodaya be'ez habit darsa. Alpi kaveret, or you did it over a basket. Ve'enu yodaya be'ez kaveret darsa. Basically, it's same three cases, right? Rabbi Meir Omer, so Rabbi Meir has a way to understand this. Rabbi Meir says like this, it's Mahloket, Rabbi the Ezer, Rabbi Yoshua. Again, we have a Mahloket, Rabbi the Ezer, Yoshua. But there's two ways to learn the Mahloket, Rabbi the Ezer, Yoshua. Rabbi Meir learns the Mahloket one way, and Rabbi Yudah is going to learn the Mahloket one way. So first we're going to get Rabbi Meir's understanding of what the Mahloket, Rabbi the Ezer, Yoshua was. So the Gemara says, Rabbi the Ezer Omer, Rabbi the Ezer says, Ro'in ta'anyonot, one thing is for certain in this case. You know that the cake that's in question is on top of the mold. See, the molds were deep. You were able to you know, make like, let's say, three or four cakes in one, in one mold. You start on the bottom, and then you go to the next level, and you go to the next level. So one thing is for certain in this case. The cake that's in question is at the mouth of the of the igul, of the mold. Okay? So the this is a big hadush. He says, we imagine that the cake that's on top, all the cakes that are on top, you don't know, one of them is the Imagine they were detached and placed inside the mold. Now they're considered mixed with all the heter. Because you know for sure all the bottoms are mutat. There's no safik on the bottom uh, uh, cakes, right? So therefore, we're going to work with bitul. For tiruma, the bitul of tiruma, to negate tiruma, it's one in a hundred. So long as you have, some things are 60, some things we learned yesterday are 200. Tiruma is me'ah. Now, on top you don't have me'ah. That's why I said you had 10, uh, 10, uh, 10 cakes on top. But if you're going to use the bottom, you'll be able to get to 100. So he says you could look at the tops as if they're detached, as if, and mixed with the bottom. And if you have a hundred against that one, mutarim, and therefore the law would be you just take out one, because that would be designated for terumah, and the rest should be able to eat. That's the way to be the Ezra says you negotiate in this case. Good? So let's read that inside. You look at the top ones, as if they're detached. And the bottom ones, ma'alot, they will literally elevate the alyonot, meaning they will be used, the bottom ones, to elevate the number. Now, again, let's say I had a hundred on top, then I wouldn't have to worry about it, I don't need the bottom. I could just use the tops. But obviously on the top you didn't have a hundred, so you got to get the bottom ones involved, so you're allowed to do that. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, no. In me'apumin ya'alu. Vimlav... Hapumim asurim vashulayim mutarim. says, no, no, no. These are separate items. If you have a hundred loaves on top, you can never tell it. Because mm. that's, that's the ones that are in Safik. Mm. You can use the bottom ones. However, if you don't have a hundred on top, mm-hmm. all the top ones are going to be asurim, <coughs> but all the bottoms will be mutar. So the Biyoshua is more mahmir. He says, you can't the tops and the bottoms.
That's the way to be Mi'ir understood the Machloket. Now we're going to see how Rabbi Yudah understands the Machloket. Rabbi Yudah Omer, 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 so Rabbi Yehuda understands Rabbi Yehazir like Rabbi Yoshua. The way Rabbi Meir understood him. Which means, in this version of Rabbi Yehuda, if you have a hundred on top, no problem. No hundred on top, asur, but the bottoms, the shulayim will be mutar. But here's the kishita we're looking for now. Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua, Omer, afilu yesham shelosh me'ot pumin. He's aruke, how many tops you have? Even if you have 300 on top, lo ya'alu. You don't nevetel them. What's the logic? Because these items, these cakes, are sold occasionally by, by number, by quantity. This is a kol shedarko, kol, uh, kol shedarko. And therefore, we have a tana, called Rabbi Yoshua, because we have 300. Tiruma, you only need 100 to nevatil. What's with 300? Ella must be since the Tiruma item is considered a barshib minyan. It's a hashuv item. 300 is just a bashal. Even 3,000 is not going to be nevatil. Because bottom line, something that is hashuv, the barshib minyan, and this litra is considered, litra uh, kitzur is kol shedarko. So therefore, what Rabbi Yohanan is going to say is yes, that right above must be going like Rabbi Yoshua. Now, Let's continue the case. Rabbi Yoshua is still talking. If, or, or, or the bright is still talking. Let's say you took the dates, the things, and you pressed them into the mold. And you don't know in which uh, mold you put it in. Everybody agrees, you can nevatil. So the Gemara is, what are you talking about? Devrei akol, hainu peduktayu. That's exactly the mahloket. You, you put it in one mold, and you don't know which mold it is. That's mahloket, according to Rabbi Yehazir. And Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yehazir says, you just use the tops, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Use the tops. And according to Rabbi Yoshua, you can't even use the tops. Because the Vashti Minyan. How could the brother come along and tell me? Yeah, but if, if you put it in a mold, you don't know which one it is. Everybody agrees it's okay. You could, you could, you could uh, make the tool. What are you talking? That's the case of the Mahloket. So no, no, new case. That's a new case. Amar Papa Hakikamar. Darsa Be'igul. This case is talking about where let's say you pressed it inside the mold. Da'gul is the round mold. Agul Darsa. You did it in the inside, not on top. But you don't know which side did you press the tiruma. Or the Tzfona or the Droma. On the north side or on the south side. Which means, you have to say, a cake in there already. wasn't completed yet. Now you took your uh, Tiruma and you filled it in. So now you have a cake that has Heter. And now you filled it in with Tiruma. But you don't know which side did I put it on. Is it on this side? Is it on that? On side of the mold? So now, everybody will say Ya'alu. Why? Because here, it's mixed already. With a tips, but mash mixed. Here, everybody will hold that what? That you don't have to involve yourself, like Rabbi uh, Yehuda said, that the tops are separate. You can't put the tops uh, with the bottom. Here, since it's in the bottom already, so therefore you just don't know where it is. So everything in the bottoms will help you to mivatel. If you have a hundred on the bottoms, you'll be able to mivatel the teruma. Again, in conclusion, what we just brought is a. Uh, a case of litra kitsiot. The purpose of bringing this litra kitsiot is to answer one question. 
the Braita above that said when an egg falls in to a thousand, it's not batil. And you're learning that that egg is a terefa. So it's not a davashi matirim. Seemingly it should be enough to be batil, berov. As long as you have two more eggs and this fell in, batil barov, three eggs, all should be permissible. Why did you tell me afidu be'elif lo batil? Now, we have a Tanah of that Braita. The Tanah of that Braita is Rabbi Meir. Because Rabbi Meir, according to the way Rishtakish understands them, holds of the opinion, kol shedarko. And eggs are occasionally counted, and therefore it's davash minyan, it's hashuv, not mevatel. But Rabbi Hanan, where's your Tanah? You don't hold Rabbi Meir, says kol shedarko. You hold Rabbi Meir, says et shedarko. So I can answer the egg case. Rabbi Yoshua. So he'll say, yes, Rabbi Yoshua holds kol shedarko. By the case of the Takisot, you have to say that these, these cakes are sold occasionally by uh, number, quantity, and therefore we have a Tana. So either the Tana of that right of the egg is either Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Yoshua. Now the Gibraltar is going to give another answer. Rabbi Yoshua Amar, Le'olam Safik Yom Tov, Safik Chol, Havi. Or Safik Chol. Which reads like this, Rav Ashish is another answer. Now you know what the case of the egg in the thousand is? It's a case we have a safik, if it's Yom Tov, or it's Hol. Now, the Chawra, if it's safik, Yom Tov, safik, Hol, and it fell into the, it fell into the, uh, the uh, not fell in, you said safik, it's Asur. Right? We say, you have a safik, about the falling into a thousand. The first case was you have a safik on the egg. Would we say safik? Na humra. So he said, what do you mean safik? If the safik is terefa, I understand why he's saying the humra. Because terefa is isu deoraita. But if you tell me the case is yom tov, safik if it was born on yom tov, safik if it wasn't born on yom tov, the whole isu of yom tov is drabanan. Safik drabanan, lekula. Now that's just not giving a hadush to this. It's talking about safik, whether it was born on yom tov or not. And still you have to be mahmir. Why? Bottom line, this egg that you have a safek on, if it was on Yom Tov or not, granted, the safek is rabbinical, because the issue of this egg is only Midrabanan. But bottom line, if you wait till tomorrow, it'll be okay. Because tomorrow it's not Yom Tov anymore. So the Sheikh comes as a big Hadush. That anything that, if you wait it out, even on a rabbinical item, you have to be mahmir. Which is our original premise was, I mean, if you have a safik on this egg, if it was born on Yom Tov or not, this is a rabbinical safik. What's the rule when it comes to rabbinical safik? Go safik to the banan, the kula. Why should the bride have done me safik? So the said, I'll tell you why. Because this is not a regular safik. This is a safik on an item that eventually will become mutar. On an item that eventually becomes muta, we treat it very seriously, this type of safik. Why should I say, safik and come on to a, a deen, when I can just wait it out, and it'll become mutar, the gamre. So then, well, that's why I have to say, it's mahmir. Because is going to be asur. Huh? So basically, there's uh, two ways to answer that, Blaita. Uh, okay, now we go to a... New case. Tanya. We have a brighter. Ahirim Omrim. Ahirim say. Mishum Rabbi the Aizer. Betsa Te'akhil. 
the egg that was born on Yom Tov, you can eat it. He the Emma. Not only could you eat the egg, but you could eat the mother also. You could eat the chicken. So the Gemara says, "Be my askin." What's the case? What type of chicken is this? If it's a tanegol that's destined for eating to be eaten, peshita deiv imasharia. Of course, what's the what's the adush? What are you telling me that not only you can eat the egg, you can even eat the chicken? Of course, you can eat the chicken. It's all made the shaita. I need to be the eyes to go out of his way and tell me, or you should know that uh, chicken that's all made the shaita. Of course, I mean, what's the question? It's must be the Hadush is talking about. It's a type of chicken that's really omitted for what? The eggs. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, that on the contrary, everything's going to be Asur. Why? Because the Bili Ezer, the Bili Ezer is the author of this Braita, he holds of Mukseh. He holds of the principles of Mukseh. Not like Bet Shemai. Bet Shemai did not hold of the laws of Mukseh. Rabbi uh, Ezra holds of Mukseh. If you hold of Mukseh, this chicken over here is not omitted the Gadel. This chicken is not omitted the Shaita. So the chicken is off limits. Now, the egg also is considered Nolad. Why? The egg came out on Yom Tov. It wasn't there before Yom Tov. So therefore, we're asking a question on Rabbi Ezra. Rabbi Ezra, you came and made a statement. Obviously, you come to tell us some sort of Hadush. He came and said, you should know an egg that's born on uh, chicken, egg is born on Yom Tov, he v'ima ta'akhil. What's the case? If it's a tannegol ta'omedet l'shaita peshita. If it's a tannegol ta'omedet l'betza, it's the wrong halakha. You hold that this mukseh, therefore should be asur. So the Gemara says, Amar b'zira ta'akhil agav ima. The case is where we're saying, you could eat the egg if you can eat the mother. What does that mean, if you can eat the mother? So the Gemara says, hey, uh, What's the case? Uh, you bought the chicken, stam. You didn't say it's for sha'ita, and you didn't say it's for bitsim. It's opened. It's open kavana. You left it setam. So now the rule is like this. Nishqita, if you end up slaughtering it, on Yom Tov, then, then what does it come out? Huvrera dilachila omedet. Comes out that your intention really when you bought it was for what? For eating. And therefore what? Not only can you eat it, you can eat tag <coughs> retroactively. Lo nishqita, if you didn't end up slaughtering it, huvrera dilachila omedet. And therefore everything's going to be asur. So therefore when the, when the Bili Aizah made his statement, you have it on Betzah Shirodab Yom Tov, he, the Imam Muteret, the Hiddush was in a case where you bought the chicken stam, and that is saying, can you eat the egg? Well, it's going to depend what you do with the mother. If you slaughter the mother, so then already it shows you what? It was for shahita. Now, once it's shahita, so what's the egg considered? Food. Food. Right? We said it's like the slice of bread. You're taking food from food, and it would be permissible. But that's not a normal case now. The Hiddush of Rabbi Ezra was, in a case, if you bought the chicken for the sake of Shaita, of course, Beshita, of course, Ive Ma Muter. I don't need to be the Ezra, Tabi's a choice, simple Hiddush. In the case where you bought it, Stam. Oh, now, now I have a Hiddush here. 
you can only eat the egg if eventually you come to slaughter the mother. Because if you slaughter the mother, it comes out retroactively, you bought it for shi'ita. Now the egg is considered okhel, and therefore it's okay. That was a bit of a douche. Oh, comes out. Comes out. No, no, no. How about the There's no nolad. If it's omedet ifrat. Again. Not listening. Not listening. Again, we're talking about a case over here where the, the chicken is omedet the shkita. What's the reason if the chicken is omedet the shkita, why you can have the egg? From it. Because so, something that's food that comes from food is considered the ochel. So this egg that came out of an item that you can eat. It's considered okhel. If you say it's the gadel betzim and you hold the mukseh, you have a problem. Because now the chicken's off limits and the egg is going to be nolad. But here, it's food. It's all made in shaitash. This is food, like I said, you have a piece of bread. So I cut a piece of, uh, a piece of bread from the loaf. That's, uh, that's considered nolad. Oh, this came from uh, the food itself. So the chicken is, the egg is food and the egg that comes out is also considered food. Ravmori <coughs> Amar. Rav Mori comes along and says, Guzma Ketani. Guzma Ketani means like this. <coughs> it's an exaggeration. What's an exaggeration? What's an exaggeration? Mean like this. You're right. The case of the BDA is that it's talking about a regular chicken that's omedit shkita. And you know what? You really didn't have to tell me that you could eat the mother. It's obvious. But you know what the BDA is doing? He's saying extra words to make his point. He's trying to say, you can eat the egg, you can eat the mother. Sometimes when people add words, they make their point strong. <clears throat> Which is if to say, let's say you have an opinion that argues on them. For example, Betelel in the Mishnah held, you can't eat the egg. Right? Betelel said, for whatever reasons. So the Bili Ezer is coming along and saying, you know, you can eat everything. You can eat the egg, you can eat the mother. <clears throat> You're right, there's no Hindush in saying you can eat the mother. But that's a style that some Tanaim use called Guzma. They say extra words that are superfluous just to reinforce their point. So that's another answer that the Bidia is in. Why he said Ima. Netanya. <clears throat> now what the Gemara is going to do is bring me another Braita to prove this Guzma style. A non-related case. Another case to show you the Guzma style. <coughs> now, in order to appreciate this Blaita, I want to give you one Hagdama. Later on, there's going to be a great Mahlouk Dinah Bili Aizan Hakamim on the permissibility of eating <coughs> a chick that was hatched that was hatched from an egg, but it did not open its eyes yet. When the chick is hatched from the egg, it's still small, Maybe. doesn't open its eyes. Hakamim are going to say, Mutar. Rabbi the is going to, not to eat it raw, but to, 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 to cook it and do whatever you want to it. But the point is, Hakamim are going to say, Mutar. And Rabbi the is going to say, Asur. Why? Because until it opens its eyes, the chick has a deen of a sheritz. Sheritz, and therefore sheritz is... Asur. It has to reach a certain stage of maturity. However, everybody agrees, Ben Rabili Ezer, Ben Hakamim, that if you um, cracked the shell and took the egg out and took the chick out, 
Everybody says that's asur. The only makhluk is when it came out on its own, now we want to know is the eyes open or not. When it came out. However, if you took it, took it out from the shell, you didn't wait till it comes out, everybody's going to say asur. it's asur. That's the akdama, just to know these uh, facts. Now let's read this brighter. The brighter says like the Tanya. Okay, betzah ta'akhil, you can eat the betzah, not only the betzah, he ve'imah, good. Ve'ifrawah, is the case now. Ve'ifrawah ve'klipato. And you're allowed to eat the chick and its shell. So the Gibbara says, my klipato, what does it mean you eat the shell? Who eats the shell? Ve'imah klipamamash. If you tell me, yeah, mamash, you can eat the chick and you can chew on the shell. No. Klipah batakhilahi? What does that mean? Is it klipah edible? How can you eat the shell? Ela efroah beklipato. Ela must be with it. When it says in the Braita, the efroah beklipata, it means you can eat the efroah even though it was still in the shell. Right. Which means you can take the efroah out of the shell and eat it. And eat it. That, that's what it means, efroah beklipata. At, at that premature stage of efroah beklipata, break it and eat it. Okay, what else do you mean? Can't be. Because nobody holds you can do that. Ad kando pedigi rabbanan al hidrabili aizah bin Yaakov elehka diyatsa davira olam. The whole mahlok between the bili aizah hamim by the chick is when it comes out. Aval hekha de lo yatsa davira olam where it never came out of the tree uh, from the shell. No pedigi. So how can you tell me that the case of the bride that says if if throwah biklipata means that you took the throwah and it was in the kilipa? Everybody holds that Efroah in that stage is Asur. Ela Efroah v'klipato guzma. You have to say that what? It's a guzma, which is the case is talking about where the chick came out. Okay, chick came out. And let's say according to the Bidiaize, the eyes opened. Okay, so really you can eat the chick. So all he's saying is in a guzma way, not only can you eat the chick, you can even eat the shell. You're not eating the shell. We know you're not eating the shell. So the kiripa was thrown in there as a, as a guzma. So all the Gemara is just trying to show you, here's another example of extra words that were put in the Braita, just to, you know, to fortify somebody's position. So to over here, when it says, it means a guzma. So that's the scenario. <coughs> okay? You're right. But, because he's just telling you, once you get to that stage over there, you can eat it in the shell. Maybe he's just trying... Yeah, I die. You can have before it opens his eyes. But the shell part is just uh, exaggerating words. You're not really reacting to somebody else. You're just saying it that uh, even, even the shell you can eat, so to speak. So to speak. Okay. Comes again, Moran says, Itmar, new case. Itmar means a statement of the Amoraim. Shabbat, Shabbat ve Yom Tov. You have a Shabbat followed by Yom Tov. Okay? Let's take the simple case. Yom Tov comes out on a Sunday, right after Shabbat. Rav Amar, Noda Beze, Asura Beze. Rav is Mahmir. He said if it was born on Shabbat, it's a suit to eat it on Sunday Yom Tov. We'll see the reason in a minute. Verebi Yohanan Amar, Noda Beze, Muteret Beze. Rabbi Yohanan says if it was born on Shabbat, you can eat it on Sunday. 
Now we have to understand what's the logic of this mahluket. Nema kasavar rav kidusha ahati. Well, let's assume that Rav must hold that the Kiddushah of Shabbat when it's followed by a Yom Tov is considered all one long Kiddushah. It's one entity of Kiddushah and therefore, even though it was born on Shabbat, it's considered as if it was born on Yom Tov. And what's the rule? Betzah shenodah Yom Tov is Asur. And therefore, even though technically it was born on one day, and now on Yom Tov it's the second day really. It's not the, it wasn't born on Yom Tov, it was born on Shabbat. It's the second day, it doesn't matter. If you hold this one Kiddushah, it's all one long uh, period of sanctity, so that's why it's going to be Asur. The Gemara says, no, he doesn't hold like that. Ve'amar Rav, Rav said, Halakha ka'arba'azikinim, in Masikat Erubin, Rav said, Halakha follows the four elders, that really Shabbat to Yom Tov is considered two separate Kiddushot. It's two separate sanctities. And therefore seemingly, mm-hmm. it's two different days. So where did we see that if it's born on Shabbat, you can't eat it on Sunday. Sunday. Which means, what's, what's the reasons that we said uh, uh, on... Uh, on uh, we gave reasons why the Bitsa is Asur. But that was only when the Bitsa shield Dabi Yom Tov. Here you're telling me now the Bitsa was not no Dabi Yom Tov. The Bitsa was no Da the Shabbat. And you tell me it's not considered one long Kedushah. So the Chaura, what's the reason why I should say Asur? It was born the day before, so it should be permissible when it comes to, uh, to, 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 to Sunday, Yom Tov. So it comes again what Ram says, comes again what says like this. You know what the reason is? Oh, we found the Shita. Remember we learned the rule of Hachanad Rabbah. What's Hachanad Rabbah? Rabbah said that that was actually the case of Mishnah. When you had a case of Yom Tov, he said the primary case is Yom Tov that came right after Shabbat. And he had a rule. What was his rule? That any Betzah that was born on Yom Tov, it must have been prepared in the mother's womb on Shabbat. And therefore the Hachana was done on Shabbat. And we have a rule. For Yom Tov, which is a Hashuv meal, only Chol can prepare for Yom Tov, but not... Not Shabbat for Yom Tov. Now, we'll say that Rav subscribes to this opinion. And that's why he says, if it was born on Shabbat, you can't eat it on Yom Tov. But the question is, wait, what does this got to do with Rabbah? If it was born on Shabbat, when was it prepared? Hakana was Friday. Friday is Chol. So seemingly, Nachana was the whole, this is nothing what Rabbah ever talked about. Yeah. Even Rabbah should say, it's mutar. Yeah. This is actually the Tosafot's question. That's a great question. Look at the Tosafot. Any egg that's born today, right, right. It was finished on Friday. Right, that's good. is perfect. Hachana was done for Friday, which is Chol. What are you talking about? This guy doesn't do it. Hachana is Right. So Tosfot gives two very important answers. Right. 
הרי זו הכנה, דגם בשעת לידה שייך הכנה. Which means, הכנה is not only when the egg is developed inside, but the birth is also considered הכנה. And therefore, it came out on Shabbat. Bottom line, how it's prepared. Could you eat it when it's in the mother's stomach? No. It's prepared yet. Technically, it's prepared to eat. But it didn't come out yet. So the different stages of the Hakana process. So therefore, when it comes out on Shabbat, that's also considered Hakana. And therefore, bottom line, according to... Huh? No, no, no. Rabbah, well, like that too. That's what Tosfot is saying. That Rav subscribes to Rabbah. Rabbah's Hakana is a problem. So we're just saying, what do you mean? This case should not be a problem because the Hakana was done on Friday. No, the Hakana was also done on Shabbat. Right, Second answer to Tosafot. If it was born on Yom Tov, everybody's going to agree it's Asur. If it was born on Yom Tov, everybody's going to agree it's Asur. saying there's a different sort of Hakana over here. Hakana's going to work like this. If you're going to say, that if it was born on Yom Tov, it's Asur. Right? Well, you know, the Tashro Dab Yom Tov, we're going to say it's Asur. Right? So you're telling me what? Now that it's born on Shabbat, permissible? That means that Shabbat is really preparing the egg to make it mutar. That's a form of Hakana. But you forget about the Leda. The fact that Shabbat is going to make the egg edible is preparing the egg. Again, if you tell me on Yom Tov itself is Asur. Right? Can't eat it. But if it's born on Shabbat, it's permissible. Why? Because it wasn't born on Yom Tov. Bottom line, Shabbat is now preparing for Yom Tov. Like it's koshering it up? Yeah, yeah. Like making it permissible. The food is being prepared to eat on, uh, for Yom Tov, on Shabbat. The difference is not to do the leda. The leda is not hakana. The leda is not hakana. The inyan of is bottom line, the fact that it was born on Shabbat is now making it permissible to eat on Yom Tov. That's also called hakana. Because it was born on Yom Tov, could you eat it? No. So the fact that it's born on Shabbat, now that's going to give me a tete on your door, that, 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 that's making it permissible. It's, it's matining it. That's considered Akana as well. I'll give you a nafkamina between the two answers. Very important uh, concept over here. <clears throat> I want to say uh, uh, nafkamina. The Rashi, <coughs> Rashi above, that's a good time to explain that she shita above. I was waiting to this point. We'll explain it now. That she learned. What's the logic behind hachanah de rabba? What's the logic why Shabbat can't prepare for Yom Tov? What's the reason? The Torah says Shabbat can't prepare for Yom Tov. What's the reason? He holds the law of hachanah zedin in mukseh. He holds that that she shitas mukseh is a deoraita law. And therefore, since the egg was born on a Shabbat where the laws of Mukseh are apply. So therefore, the egg has to be born in the time of Heter. For example, during the week, there's no laws of Mukseh. So therefore, the egg is 100% permissible, so that's considered Mutar for the following day Yom Tov. However, when the egg is born at a time where there's Isur, so therefore, you cannot say that type of Hakana on a day where there's laws of Mukseh, because this egg is Mukseh Shabbat. Okay? So therefore that would be a suit of Mukseh, and therefore for Yom Tov, which is a Hashuv meal, it's got to be prepared from a time where the egg was permissible. That's the logic how that she understands it. He learns Hakanaz mi Ta'am Mukseh. Nafkamina, that she says like this. Let's say, according to Rabbah, 
the egg was born on Yom Tov itself. On Yom Tov itself it was born. So bottom line, since on Yom Tov there's laws of Mukseh, so that she holds in Yom Tov mechin la'atzmo. Correct, we know that. So not only Shabbat to Yom Tov, but Yom Tov itself. Since uh, the laws of Mukseh apply on uh, Yom Tov, the one is born on Yom Tov as well, it's going to be a sort in Yom Tov mechin la'atzmo. Now watch. What's the law if, let's say, you don't have a case of uh, Shabbat. You have a regular Yom Tov on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Right, egg was born according to Rabbah. It's not preceded by a uh, Shabbat. Lechaurah, there's no deen of Hakana because it's not on a, followed by a Shabbat. It was prepared from a hole. Uh, but if you hold that the birth well, is considered Hakana, like the first answer of the Tosafot, so then according to Rashi, Every single, uh, you'll never have a case where you have an egg on Yom Tov that can be good on a regular day. Which is, there's no difference between now a Yom Tov that's followed by a Shabbat or a regular Tov Chol. If you're saying the Hakana is, uh, is the birth itself. But if you're like the second answer, that what? That it was Matirit. Right, the, the, the fact that it was born on the Shabbat, uh, it was, it was Matida as opposed to it was born on itself. So here, you will say what? The bottom line was born on a regular weekday, where there's no Dina Mukseh. There's no Dina Mukseh on a weekday. Therefore, the Chaurah be Mubutar, Legamne, on that day. Otherwise, according to that, you'll never have a case. You'll never have a case where if it was born on uh, Yom Tov, that'll be Mutar. Because normally we say if it was born on Yom Tov, according to Rabbah, when was it prepared? The day before. Right? When I was born today, prepared the day before. That's the case the Chaurah to be Mutar. But if you're going to say that the case is what? That the, the birth itself is a... Uh, is hachana, is, is, is And that she says Yom Tov is mechil la'atzmo Then that case should be asud as well So therefore you have to say that, that she holds like the second answer In any event we continue the Gemara Comes the Gemara and says Ketanae Actually this is a machloket Rabbi Yohanan So again we had a machloket between Rab and Rabbi Yohanan Case of Yom Tov falls out on a Sunday. Rav is going to say Asuk because of Hakana. Right. Now we learned the Hidush and the Hakana over here now. It's not a regular Hakana. It's not going to have the Ledao. The Hakana is making it permissible. And Rabbi Ha'az is going to say Mutak because he doesn't hold of Hakana. He also, I don't care if it's born on Shabbat. Born on Shabbat, he's on, uh, on Yom Tov. It wasn't born on Yom Tov. That's the Mutak. Ketanaeh. So now the Gebra says, this is Mahlouk Ketanaeh. Nodab is Shabbat. If it was born on Shabbat, Te'achir the Yom Tov. Be Yom Tov, Te'achir the Shabbat. No, that's opinion doesn't hold like Hakana. Rabbi Yehuda Amir Meshulam Rabbi Yisrael Adai Ni Machloket Shbetzavah Unim Teachel Or Betirel Umrim No Teachel. And the other opinion says no. When it's born on Shabbat, when it's born on Yom uh, Shabbat to Yom Tov, it's actually Machloket Betzavah Betirel. What's the Machloket? Hakana or no Hakana? So then, you see the Tanaim actually arguing on this principle: Is it mutar or not? Now we give some stories. Ushpizichne Derav Ada. Ushpizichne is the host. The rabbis used to stay by certain uh, people. So the host that used to, uh, you know, uh, take care of Rab Adah, Bar Ahava, Havu Lehanach Betzin, Miyom Tov Shabbat. He had eggs, Miyom Tov Shabbat. Friday was Yom Tov to Shabbat, okay? So now he wants to know, Atal Kameh, he came in front of Rab Adah, Bar Ahava, Mai Le'atvoninu Ha'idana V'nechlinu L'Mahar. Can I roast them today? Today's Yom Tov, you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov. Can I roast the eggs today? It's a Betzah Shalodah Yom Tov. 
I want to roast them today to eat it. Tomorrow. Tomorrow for Shabbat. What's the basis of your question? What do you hold? Obviously, you asked me, you have logic when you came to ask me this question. Obviously, you're aware of the mahluk of Rav and Rabbi Yohanan. And obviously, you're aware of Rabbi Yohanan's opinion that says that there's no problem to eat an egg that was born on Yom Tov to Shabbat or Shabbat or Yom Tov. Obviously, you know that Rabbi Yohanan doesn't subscribe to the laws of Hakana. That's why you're asking me, can you uh, roast the egg? Right. Only problem is, I feel Rabbi Yohanan, which means Rabbi Yohanan agrees the egg itself on Yom Tov is Mukseh. Which is, when does he tell you you can eat the egg? I can eat the egg on Shabbat. You only can eat it raw, because you can't cook on Shabbat. But he doesn't allow you to move the egg on Yom Tov itself. Which is, all Rabbi Yohanan said is an egg that's born on Yom Tov, you can eat it on Shabbat. I don't know the Bakana. But on Yom Tov itself, the egg is Mukseh. So therefore, you cannot roast it on, uh, on, on, on your cloak. Which means, Rav Adab was telling the, the fellow to ask him the question, that you're making a fundamental mistake over here. I understand you asked me on the premise that, you know, when you have a mahluk at Rav and Rabbi Yohanan, you follow Rabbi Yohanan. Good. And Rabbi Yohanan says, an egg that's born on Yom Tov, you can eat on Shabbat. Because there's no such thing as hachana. But what you forgot is, is that the egg itself on Yom Tov, according to Rabbi Yohanan, is mukseh. So to roast it is not an option. And the Gemara proves this. This is a proof, not a question. When the egg was born on Shabbat or Yom Tov, it's mukseh, you can't move it. You have to cover a vessel with it. You have to use it as a uh, support for your bed. Another story. The host of the papa. The amila who gavra. Well, some just say uh, a regular man. The atalikamed the papa. He came in front of the papa. Havu the anik betzim shabbat to yom tov. Here the case where eggs from shabbat to yom tov. So now Sunday is yom tov. Okay. So he wants to know atalikamed amalu maul mechlinu lemachar. He wants to know it's on shabbat. He said, listen, can I eat these eggs tomorrow? Amar le. So the papa tells him zina idana. Says uh, I can't answer you now. Go away. Come back tomorrow and I'll answer you. Why? Rav had a custom that he would not have his interpreter broadcast his shi'ur. In the olden days when they used to give the shi'ur, they had a meturgeman. The rabbi would say the shi'ur and then the meturgeman would broadcast it to the people. On Yom Tov, Rav would not give the shi'ur from Yom Tov to the next day because of drunkenness. On Yom Tov, you have a festive meal. And the festive meal, you're drinking. Now, Halakha says a rabbi is not allowed to give a halakhic ruling when he's drinking. That's a surah. She brings it down It says, Ya'in v'shekhar al-tesh. And the next pasuk says, Lehorot b'nei Yisrael. To give rulings to b'nei Yisrael. So therefore, Rabbapa had a similar custom like Rav. And therefore, since they drank on Shabbat, right? Now, he's coming to ask him a she'ela. Uh, what's the deen? Can I have these... Uh, can I have these eggs tomorrow? On Yom Tov. Wait till the Shekhar uh, subsides a little and sober up a little. That doesn't mean drunk. It just means even if you drink it, if you eat the wine, you shouldn't have a, uh, a, a, a ruling. So therefore, he says, come back tomorrow, and I'll give you the answer. You don't have to answer. Now it's Shabbat. You don't have to answer Shabbat. It's in it's on Yom Tov. So it's ta'ala ta- ta- ma'ar. 
Okay. When he came the next day, Amarlei tells him, Ihu hashta. He says, If you would have not waited, Ihu hashta. If you didn't wait till now, Ishtelai. I would have forgotten the halakha and I would have said a mistake yesterday. Why? The Amulak, I would have told you yesterday. I would have told you, Rav Rabbi Yohanan, I would have told you, so we have the rules, Rav Rabbi Yohanan, you go like Rabbi Yohanan, if I would have told you, eat the eggs on Yom Tov. Ha'amar Rabab, and I remembered what Rava said, Hilcheta kebate derav bahani tlat, ben nekuda o ben nehumra. That there's three cases, this being one of them, that the halakha does not follow Rabbi Yohanan. The halakha follows Rav, whether it's lenient or stringent. And therefore, what, what wow. Rapapa was saying, it's a good thing I pushed you off. Because wow. if you would have asked me yesterday, my mind was telling me, Nabi Hanan, eat the eggs. Now, and I remember the day later, Rabat taught, nah, this is one of the exceptions. This is a case where we don't follow Rabbi Hanan. This is a case where we follow Rav. And Rav says, Shabbat Yom Tov is Asur, because of Hakana of Rabat. Good? Now, there's other three cases. She brings down the cases. Just you know that for your information, as she says, "Hilcheta kevatei dina ba'ani tlat shamal le'anyan betzazu mishabad v'yom tov ulkameh b'shnei yamim tovim shel galuyot." We're going to see a case where you have two days of galuyot. If an egg was born on one day, what's the din on the second day? V'ashirishi b'shnei yamim tovim shel rosh hashanah. And we're going to see the case of two days of rosh hashanah. How do you consider the two days? Is it one long day or is it considered two days? We'll see each case later on. But in any event, in all those cases, halakha follows Rav. Let me go further. Amar Bihana, new case. Esim shenashlum in a dekel be Shabbat. Okay, Shabbat. You have wood. The branches, yeah. Branches from the tree. They fell. Okay. Asul asikan be Yom Tov. Now, Shabbat followed by Yom Tov on Sunday. Okay. So the tree, the branches fell on Shabbat. Okay, mm. now I want to use them on Yom Tov Sunday to fuel my uh, fire. Rabbi Hanan says, Asur. Chaura, you say, what do you mean? Rabbi Hanan, you don't hold the Chana. Just like a Bitsah that was born on Shabbat, you allowed to eat it on Yom Tov. So what's the difference between trees that came down on Shabbat or the egg? So he says, Ve'altashiveni Bitsah. Don't ask me the question from Betzah. My Tama Betzah, what's the reason why I'm Mahmir by the Betzah? I'm sorry, I'm by a Mekil. And I allow a Betzah that was born on Shabbat to be eaten on Yom Tov. Mishum Debi Yomah On Shabbat itself, there's a way for me to eat this egg. I can eat it raw, correct? Velo Kasharila at Mahar. And still what? The rabbis are telling you, don't eat that egg. Medayadiya, the people are going to know Debat Yoma Asura. They're going to know that what? That the egg is Asur on that day. Because there was a way for me to eat it, and I didn't, so that there's no mistakes can ever come out of it. Aval, it seemed, the Etzim on Shabbat. Could you make a fire on Shabbat? No, you can't make a fire on Shabbat. They're not, not ra'ui. If I'm going to allow you to use them on Sunday, Yom Tov, The people are going to say, you know what? They were probably permissible on Shabbat. But just for a technical reason, because you can't make a fire on Shabbat, it's a sur. And what's going to happen next year? When the Etzim fall on Yom Tov, they're going to come to use them on Yom Tov. 
That's a problem. I repeat the problem again. There's a difference between Betza, that was born on Shabbat to Yom Tov, or the wood. That seemingly there should be no difference. It's the same concept. What was created today is permissible. For the next day, you don't hold the Bachana. Rabbi Yohanan says there's a major difference here. By the Betza, no mistake can come out. The people are going to know exactly the Halakha. Why? On Shabbat. Was there something I could have done with that egg when it was born? Yeah, did. I could have, I could have swallowed it raw. And the rabbis told me, Asur. So by the way, I know, or obviously, on the day itself that it's born, it's Asur. Because of uh, Mukseh, let's say. Okay, beautiful. However, the trees that came down on Shabbat. I'm not using these trees. Now the next year, I say, you know what? You know why I didn't use them on Shabbat that day? Because you don't have to make a fire. But now that it falls on Yom Tov itself, well, I can't make a fire. I'll use them. So therefore, if you know what? If it was born on Shabbat, don't use it on Yom Tov. Because if we allow, if we allow you to use them on Yom Tov, the next year you're going to think if it was falling on Yom Tov itself, even you're going to be permissible to use it, and that is not the halakha. I'll go to the next case. Amar Matna. Etzim shenashru menadekel letoch Hatanur. You have a case. Beyom Tov. Guy has his oven. The tree over his oven. On Yom Tov, all of a sudden some wood falls right into his oven. Okay, now normally those woods are asur. Mukseh. Right? That wasn't. Uh, why is it Mukseh? The rabbis don't want you to use wood that fell from a tree either because it's nolad, it wasn't there, or because she might come to. Pluck. To pluck the wood. So they were really, this wood is off limits. But what happened now? It fell into your uh, fell into your oven. So what does he say to do? Mm-hmm. Take prepared wood right. that's non-mukseh. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. Put some kosher wood in there. And uh, set it on fire. Uh-huh. So the says, hold it, hold it. What do you mean? When you're going to start to put the new wood in there, what are you going to end up doing? Moving around the you're moving around the mukseh wood. Uh, moving around mukseh is asur. The says, no. Since you're going to put the majority of good wood, which is what happens, you're going to make bitul over here. Have isur in the, in the oven now, right? That's what is asur. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take heter, I'm going to outnumber it. Now, what's the law when you outnumber it? Everything becomes mutar. So now, no matter what what woods I stoke, even if technically you're going to move the mukse woods, it's not mukse anymore. Because bottom line, I made bitul. It's like an example, mashal. Milk falls into the meat. Okay? The milk falls into the meat. I have 60. I can eat the whole mixture now. It's permissible. Same thing over here. Once I add kosher wood, even if I'm going to end up stoking the mukseh wood, it's not mukseh anymore. It's mutar. So the Gebra says, what are you talking? Could you do this? Are you allowed to... Are you allowed... Am I allowed to go and take milk and put it into meat knowing I have 60? Of course not. So what do the rabbis tell me to do over here? Take kosher wood Outnumber it. Outnumber the mukseh wood, and you're okay. Uh, how could you do that? Vietnam, we have a Mishnah that says, You're not allowed to be vatelikata, which is if it happened 
It's okay, but how come Matnat preach and tell me outnumber it? So the Gemara says, "Hani mili b'deoraita." When do we say emivatim misudakat tachida? That's in the deoraita case, like the case I gave you, the milk and the meat. However, avad b'drabanan put on a rabbinical item like this is mukseh. This is rabbinical number. Bebetli, no problem. On a rabbinical item like this, they allow you to even outnumber. Oh, but wait. According to Rav Asher that we learned on the Amud Rishon, that says Kodavash Yeshlo Matin Afidu Bedrabanan Lo Batil Ma'ikal Memar. If you remember, we learned on the Amud Rishon Rav Asher Shita. What did Rav Asher say? Something that's even rabbinical, like the case of the egg. He talked about that was we don't know if it was born on Yom Tov or not. It's a rabbinical item. Since it's going to be permissible after a certain amount of time, there's no bitul on it. Now these woods, these woods, wait till tomorrow. So therefore, there's no bitul. No, it fell in, but now you want to be fatil. The muksef fell into the oven. You want to add now to nullify. Hold it. Wait till tomorrow and these ones will become mutar. Right. What am I going to cook with? Take the, 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 get another oven and... Uh, oh, that's a good point. You're not going to be there. No, no, no. no. They'll get burnt. That's not a question. How are you going to cook? You'll cook somewhere else. What does that mean? You're not allowed to cook with these uh, woods of it. It's a sur. What do you want to say? Just forget about all the laws because you have to eat? Yeah, let it go, come in and then take them out and then cook with the heter ones. But you cannot, we're not going to let you use Isur, and certainly we're not going to let you mevatel. You're, you're going the other way. And something that's going to be permissible. I can't allow that. No, the tool won't work. I don't care if you put 10,000 good woods in there. Bottom line, these items are not patel. Why? Because bottom line, they're going to come permissible tomorrow. And the Vashir says, even on the Isur, a banan, we don't say bitul on the Vashir, so matirim. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Big difference. That's only talking where the Isur is there. However, here the Isur is burnt, which means like this. By the case of the egg, the case of the egg is there. And therefore, you want to come along now and say, Bitul. I'm going to make bitul over here. The egg is, is, is in front of me. I can say bitul on something that's going to be mutat tomorrow. Here, when do you get the benefit of the firewood? The benefit of the firewood is not when it's still wood. Only after it burns and it becomes a coal and it's not there anymore technically. It turns into ashes. Now you start to get the hana'ah. In this case, the rabbis were lenient and they said, even a davar sheishto matirim, since you're not having the hana'ah at the time that the wood is intact, since the hana'ah is coming only after it was burnt, in such a case, mitul will work. Which is, buy the egg over there, the egg is behind. You have egg sitting over there. We're not going to say davar sheishto matirim. We're not going to say bitul. Now, shaking here, what are you talking about over here? You made bitul. What are we talking about? What is the what is the isur over? What's the isur to cook with this mukse wood? Yeah. That's the isur over, right? Well, when does that isur happen? When it's gone? When it's not there anymore? So they an item that's not there anymore. Technically, we're not going to make uh, isur to say that the vashiyesh law matirim and therefore it's not going to be permissible. So there's a difference between mikla kale and a regular. And a regular case. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.